good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rand Show on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming on all those smart speakers like Amazon Echo and Google Home. A gas station attendant was brutalized by a group of degenerates looking to steal cigarettes. That is what's trending on this hour. Brought to you by American Water Damage Restoration. What's trending? Crime. From Seattle to Redmond, all over the place, into Normandy Park and elsewhere. We had a violent weekend here. Lots of crime. And just by me introducing the show that way, you can say, oh, today's Monday. If you're listening on the podcast, maybe you're a few days late. You don't really pay attention to the dates. You just want the content. You knew that I was talking on a Monday show based on that, that introduction. Because we often have weekends filled, 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 filled with crime. And we start in Normandy Park because we had a total of six thieves ransacking a, ga- a gas station at a, what is it called, Friendly Normandy Market. They go through the gate. They get into the store. They end up stealing whatever it is they could. It looked like they were focusing on the cigarettes. I don't know if you could tell. That's generally where it was, although. Yeah, tobacco counter, vape stuff, that kind of stuff. Yeah. The good stuff, I guess. The stuff that presumably they could sell, you know, on the black market for a higher price. And as they were doing that, there was this one degenerate kid. And I say kids because they all look like they're juveniles. We don't know that for certain. There's suspicion that at least some of them are teenagers. This one guy is just pummeling this poor woman, this gas station attendant. Just And I mean pummeling her. She poses no threat. She's down on the ground in a fetal position trying to cover her face. And this kid, for some 25 seconds... Does not stop hitting her. Her name is Leah, and she spoke with Fox 13. At one point, I told him, you can stop hitting me. I'm not fighting you. He didn't slow him down, though. Of course not, because he's a degenerate. He is a bad person. He is a monster. Now, again, every one of the suspects, even though we don't have an identity, they're listed merely as, quote, unquote, young. Some look like teenagers, maybe others are 19, 20 years old, 21 years old. They're all young, though. They've got hoodies on. They've got black masks on. You can see their eyes, and that's generally how we can tell their age. They all look male. One looked female, maybe, kind of, possibly. And shocking, and count count me uh, in, this is the first shocking news of the week. They were in stolen cars. One was a Kia, one was a Hyundai. So it's like they couldn't pick which car to steal, like which brand to go with. So they went with both of them. I know. Surprise, surprise. They were laughing. They they had no disregard for anything. They don't care anymore. I mean, that's sociopathic behavior, right? That's sociopathic behavior. There's a national story we're not going to get into today. I was on Fox News talking about it this morning. A group of teens or two or three kids in a car drives up behind a man who's on a bicycle in Las Vegas laughing and then purposefully running him over. The guy died. He's a former police chief. We don't know if there was any connection between the suspects and the victim. But they were also laughing. They think it's funny. We had the Kia boys last week screaming as they're stealing a mother's car. 
They think it's funny. Why do they think it's funny? Why are they doing this? We've created a culture of lawlessness, and juveniles in particular have been taking advantage. Because when you tell kids who are already going down the wrong path that we're not going to punish them, well, guess what? They decide to double down. They decide just to have fun. You've got adults who are taking advantage of a lot of these juveniles, convincing them to engage in this kind of criminal behavior, usually associated with gangs. Not always, but usually. Why? Because they know that the juveniles won't spend any time in jail unless they commit a particularly egregious, violent crime. They're not going to jail. They'll go into some restorative justice program that doesn't work. When you tell bad guys that they're going to get away with the bad things that they're doing, well, guess what? They do more bad things. And it only escalates and escalates and escalates some more. We are in the middle of a crime surge. I know there are not a lot of voices who want to admit that, certainly not within Democrat leadership, because they are responsible for putting in place the policies in which these criminals are taking advantage. But Leah, this poor woman, she knew that this was a possibility. She just didn't expect it to be this bad. I know of people who've been robbed. I know it's always in the back of your mind it can happen. But I never thought that I would be attacked the way I was attacked. Robbed is one thing. You know, someone coming in, even holding a gun at me, going, you know. I have always kind of prepared for that, expected that. I wasn't prepared. You shouldn't have to be prepared for something like this should be aware of potential threats because those threats always exist. But you shouldn't have to be prepared for the consequences of policy choices. And when I can connect any of these crimes to policies, to me, I view them as avoidable crimes. These were crimes that did not have to happen, but we... Push people in that direction. Would some of the crimes happen regardless? Yeah, of course. But but it is naive to think policy isn't playing a huge role in all of this. You go into Redmond at hashtag cannabis, where a stolen Hyundai was used to drive through the storefront like we've seen over and over and over again. This is just, what, number two in Redmond specifically? Pot shops getting robbed like this, the the smash and grabs or crash and grabs, I hear some people referring to them as. It happened yesterday morning around 4 a.m. Now, I actually know the owner, Logan Bowers. He's going to be on the show today. But he did get yesterday to speak with Cairo 7 TV. It's never fun, and and small businesses are kind of routinely on the on the end of uh, of petty crime in any city. So anytime the that crime ticks up, uh, we're usually the first ones to to feel it. And what I'm especially interested in talking to him about, and again, he and I know each other. I've known him for a while. He once ran for Seattle City Council. He is very far to the left. Certainly by my standards, he's very far to the left. Except he's not fringe. And there's a difference. He's, he's close every once in a while, but he's not quite there. I'm going to ask him if he believes Democrat policies are to blame the same way that I do. I believe that. We make that point on the show almost every single day, if not multiple times every single show. Now, he's a guy who belongs to the Democrat Party. Maybe he's feeling alienated at this point as a small business owner. I don't know. But I'm curious what his position is on all of this.
Because again, we have an instance where we can clearly state this particular kind of crime, at least the way that they go about it, is a relatively new phenomenon, correct? It's happened over the course of the last two to three years. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty spot on. I, I don't recall these kinds of crash and grabs before the law changed. I, maybe once in a blue moon, maybe. I'd be curious to find out if we can even find out when this happened last prior to 2020 and the criminal justice reforms. Like, when was the last time before that that something like this happened? I suppose it's possible it's going on all the time. We just never caught wind of it. Something tells me that's not the case. This is happening because we told criminals you can steal cars and we're not going to chase you. And as long as you don't commit any violent act, do what you want with that car. We're not going to chase. With the exception of Thurston County, where Sheriff Derek Sanders said, oh, actually, we're going to start treating this as if it's a violent crime. Now, ultimately, that's going to be challenged in court, and I think it's going to lose. I hope I'm wrong. Because it's a good message to send. We're not going to put up with this anymore. But when we tell people you can do bad things, bad people do them. And then finally, just in Seattle, you had a 70-year-old man who was shot somewhere in the city, decided to then drive into Soto, not sure why, but shot multiple times. Cops were able to get there. They ended up saving him. Medics sent him to Harborview where he was, last we checked, he was in serious condition. No suspects. I'm willing to bet it's tied to homelessness, though, on this one. Now, I could continue and continue and continue to go over the crime stories from the weekend. But I don't want to do three hours, four hours, five hours, a whole week's worth of shows just on crime. But know that it's happening. You mostly know. But some of your neighbors seem to pretend that it's not or just ignoring it. Maybe out of guilt that they voted for the people who are responsible. Well, guess what? We're headed towards an election. You can say sorry by making a better decision or better decisions and changing the direction of the state. Or you can continue to sit back and just allow this to happen. Because at some point, we're all going to become so numb to these stories, they won't even make this show. Because I don't want to do the same show every single day. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? The sports ball. I watched the Seahawks game yesterday, and I thought it was a it was an entertaining game. It was. They played poorly, and then they played well, and then they played poorly again. Then the other, then the Lions played poorly, but then they played well, and it ends up going into overtime, and the Seahawks end up winning. Um, yay, go team! The part that caught my attention went viral. Apparently, everyone was talking about it on the interwebs. It was when the referee decided to sort of, how would we call this? Did he just shut down Geno's? <laughs> well, he, he was reporting the intentional grounding penalty, and Geno came up to protest. And you could kind of, he, you can hear it on the clip you're about to play, Geno kind of chattering at him, and the ref kind of just wasn't having any of it. Intentional grounding, grounding. offense number seven. It's a 10 yard penalty. I'm talking to America here. Excuse me. <laughs> That is the best line I've ever heard out of an official. We'll get to the penalty in a minute. He just told Geno Smith, I'm talking to America. <laughs> Pete Carroll is livid. Well, he wasn't pressured. It's, it shouldn't be grounding, right? Yeah, it was a bad call. Even I know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that should not have been assessed that way. Ultimately, it didn't I, matter. I think they scored the touchdown yeah. on the drive anyways, but yes. I 
can barely define grounding, certainly not in anything other than an abstract way. But even I looked at it, I was like, I don't think that was grounding. Well, it was a miscommunication. Yeah. It was Tyler Lockett going one way. Gino obviously thought he was going a different way. He threw to that way. Yes. And that was it. They called it. So it was obviously a bogus call. He was right to be upset. However, I do like the audacity to think that all of America is watching Seahawks taking on the Lions in Detroit. Well, it was, I think it was a national game. It was a Fox number one crew that was on it. But yeah, I think that was a little bit bold of him to say. It was 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Just th- I'm oh, just throwing that a, a little high and mighty from Alex Kemp. I've, I've never even heard of him. There's a lot more famous oh, well, referees then, than him. No, maybe you need to take a deeper dive into the world of refs because yeah. everyone knows. Well, but you see Al- these same Alex. refs everyone over and over knows again. Alex. But, yeah. He's okay. a car aficionado. He's from uh, Scranton, the one in, in Ohio. His father used to work in a mine of some kind. Coal, coal I think it was. Everyone knows Alex Kemp. Also, surprisingly, the younger brother of that basketball player, Sean Kemp. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. From yeah. another mother. He actually has his own Wikipedia page. I wonder if that's from yesterday. Probably was created it, yesterday. It makes no mention of this incident. But. The other incident that caught my attention over the weekend was Chargers had another loss, 0-2. And that part I don't care about. But the head coach got mad at a reporter after the loss yesterday. And he kind of gets mad at, sounds like, two different reporters. So when you lose, you're in a bad mood. He, what was the gist of the question? Is this a an end effect still? Are you still dealing with the loss last year? Yeah, they lost to Jacksonville in the playoffs. Had a good team and stumbled and... And yeah. by all accounts, they have a good team now, at least on paper. They, yeah, they, they have do. a lot of talent. The coach has faced a lot of criticism nationally, blah, blah, blah. So he gets mad at that question, and then he gets mad at the worst question that continues to get asked after losses. We'll play it both. I'm not, I'm not worried about the Jacksonville loss. The Jacksonville loss hasn't carried on to the season whatsoever. If you've seen our training camp or you've seen the way we've played in the first two games, it hasn't had an impact on our team whatsoever. Our team is connected. Except Our team has loss. played its heart out in two games, and we've lost two tough games. Yeah, well, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And if you ask anyone in our locker room, it has nothing to do with the Jacksonville game. And that's just the truth. What, what does it have to do with, which he never answered? <laughs> like, it has nothing to do with, okay, what does it have to do with? Not playing well? I'm just kind of curious. And I suppose I believe his answer. I, it seems silly to say something that happened last season at the end of the season is – Coming back to haunt the team. It'd be different if it was their opening game, I guess. Seems like a more valid question then. But then my favorite part of all of these Q&As go. It's a convenient storyline for you and for everybody else, but it's not the truth. We've lost two tough games, but the guys in that locker room, the men in that locker room, they are finishers and they have what it takes, and we're excited to prove ourselves. Not the first two games. Yeah, we just lost. Okay, I'll let him finish. Could you assess the mood? Whenever there's a loss, a dumb, dumb reporter says, what's the mood like in the locker room? Hey, dummy, what do you think the mood is like? Are they celebrating another loss? I don't understand why that question is asked. It always gets gets asked. 100% of the time, there is one reporter who will ask that question. What's the mood like in the locker room? Now, 
there is a question related to that that you can get into. Like, how do you stop the mood from getting in the way of training this week? Like, you can go down these different well, you, paths. You could phrase it in a way where you get a productive answer. Yeah, there, there's a hundred different ways to ask a variation of that question without sounding like a total idiot. And yet they always ask, what's the mood? What's the mood? What's the mood? What, what do you think he's going to say? It's such, a, it's such a beat writer question. What, what is the possible answer that he could give you other than, well, it sucks we just lost, dummy? What do you think? Is it maybe it's meant to get, <laughs> get people upset? Yeah, we just lost a game in overtime, Jeff. So how do you think the mood is? <laughs> how do you think the mood is? How do you think it is? It's tough. It's tough. It's a tough, it's tough group in there. There's a lot of pride in that room. Okay? And we put a lot into this, and we got a good football team. And so we've lost two tough games. We've got to bounce back, learn from our mistakes, and be ready for Minnesota. It's a question you ask when you can't think of anything else. And believe me, having done on the soccer side this kind of coverage before, and I've had to interview coaches and players after a loss, there is some awkwardness. I usually start by saying, well, obviously not the result you wanted. And then I give you an actual question where hopefully we pull something from that player. Like, what do you think could have been done differently this time around? And usually they don't give me the smart-ass response, which I would have given, which is win, score more. They actually give you some good answers, especially if you have a good relationship with the person. But my God, the next person who asks this question should be fired on the spot. The editor or the news director, whomever is in charge, should phone the person on their cell, have all their reporters keep the phones on, and we're just going to hear it ring in the background. And as the coach is answering that dumb, dumb question, you're hearing the guy say, what What do you mean I'm fired? And then just end it there. Stupid question. Well, you could hear Brandon Staley, the coach, and that, you know, he claps back so hard instantly. And then he kind of is like, oh, man, this is going to be everywhere if I really he say knew. what I want to say. He could he could have ramped it up, but I think he consciously uh, de-escalated it's himself just, just a bit. It could have been funnier. It's just so lazy. But I do like mocking it. Push the button. What's trending? The drug crisis. Now, obviously, when we talk about the drug crisis, 99% of our time is spent on the human beings who are impacted. The victims, their families, the communities that have to deal with the drug crisis. And that's obviously not going to change. However, over the course of the last several days, I happened to notice a bunch of stories involving pets, specifically dogs. And it just so happened that this morning I saw two stories, one out of Portland, one out of Irvine, California, basically the same kind of story. KGW in Portland is saying that three dogs recently had overdoses on fentanyl, and it happened just within the past few weeks. One of the dogs ingested the fentanyl while walking downtown. Fentanyl is fast acting and it can have really severe, even fatal consequences for pets. And it might be that they actually ate the product or they ate some bodily fluids from somebody who had ingested it previously. Think about that this afternoon when you go home. Hey, little fluffy. And then she's licking your face. Just remember what she just said there. Tess Payne is with Dove Lewis Pet Hospital. Telling KGW, what are some of the symptoms to be looking out for? Some symptoms to look for could be um, a change in their breathing. They might have a lower respiratory rate. They might have difficulty breathing. They might have difficulty walking, less coordination than usual. Um, They might even start having seizures. Also a pug. So basically pugs are always getting high and French bulldogs. The, The scary part about this is 
your pet might have had a fentanyl interaction that thankfully didn't result in death, right? When you think about it, because how often have you seen your dog just maybe panting out of nowhere and you're like, what's going on? And you're not going to immediately take the dog to the vet because it's just panting. You, you you come up with some sort of excuse. Well, maybe maybe she was just running around and is tired. I didn't notice. Or, well, it is kind of hot, I guess. Here, drink some water. Oh, I forgot to fill it up with water. Hold on one second. And then you fill it up with clean water. So this might be happening a lot. They, they say in the story that there are a lot of dog owners in Portland who are worried and they're now just paying closer attention when they go for walks with their dog. Liam is a pet owner and says it's kind of not fair that we have to deal with this. It's dogs that are affected, but just the entire community is affected. And so it's just something to be to be careful of and see if we can get some some legislation or something going to try and you know make our community more safe was he high at the time giving that interview i don't know he certainly sounded like it but probably not uh debatable he was standing with his shirt off and sweatpants in the oh dog park so did he, and he did not have a dog <laughs> that would be the fun part <laughs> And, and uh, again, I said I saw another story in Irvine. Uh, police there responded to a Walmart where two people ended up getting arrested for narcotics possession. And they end up going to their car and they see a puppy in there. And apparently the puppy was exposed to fentanyl and started showing signs of an overdose. And so what did they do? They gave the puppy Narcan. Here's Irvine Police Sergeant Carrie Davis to ABC News in L.A. Just like two months ago, we got training uh, on the use of Narcan. And so the officers thought, well, if it works on humans, let's give it a try on the animal. So they went ahead and administered a nasal um, uh, dose of the Narcan to the puppy. And the puppy survived. It was a little upset because it was like, I was feeling that high, man. Why would you could it give me just a little little more time 10 more minutes man well this is terrifying <laughs> am i the only one concerned about this i like dogs more than i like no people. that's definitely scary 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages when we come back oh the senate's about to get sloppier our friend in local tax expert greg nunn of none better tax resolution is growing and looking for tax specialists to hire if you're passionate about fighting for taxpayers and you're interested in a job give greg nunn a call at 425 947 1967 or Google NUWN none better tax resolution Welcome back to the Jason Rand show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I was on the Faulkner Focus earlier this morning. I'll be on Hannity later this evening plus later this week Fox News at night and Varney and Company. Make sure if you can't watch them when they air live, you can follow along on our social media channels. Just search Jason Rance wherever it is you get your social media. The Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced what we're calling the Fetterman Rule. First person I saw deem it that is our friend Guy Benson from the Guy Benson Show. And it's precisely what you think. When we say the Fetterman rule, it could only mean really one of two things. Either moving forward, no one is allowed to make any sense while giving a speech, or you're going to look like a slob, a complete and utter slob. 
the version of Lenny in 2023. It's Lenny meets Lurk or Lurch and Shrek. I was combining the two at some point. I've got so many. I was Jake Scorheim and I from our sister station. We were just talking about what he looks like. I came up with Lenny and Lurch. He came up with Shrek and something else that I can't remember because it wasn't that good. And then we started to combine the names. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, 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 I always like the Sweaterman nickname. Sweaterman. I mean, they're not even good sweaters. They're just ugly. It's like Carhartt sweaters you get just, at Walmart. Ugh, it's just Sweatshirts. disgusting. He is a total slob. He dresses like a total slob. He dresses the way you dress when you do not care. When you've been married 40 years, there's zero threat that your wife is going to leave you. You're just giving up on everything. You just don't care. I would not care if this guy wasn't in the Senate, but he's in the Senate. And now Chuck Schumer announces, oh, we're going to loosen the dress code, which basically means we're getting rid of the dress code so John Fetterman can go onto the Senate floor, walk the hallowed halls of the Senate, looking like a total, utter failure. And this is the point where... Despite all the policy disagreements we might have over important issues, to me, this is the newest low for the Senate. And I'm considering, in my calculation, the sham impeachment against Trump. This I find to be more embarrassing. I honestly do. I, and it's in part because at least I understand the other stuff was political. It's despicable. It's disgusting what they did, but it was political, which you kind of expect in politics. This is a guy who has no respect for our institutions. When you show up to work, any work, dressed like him, unless you work in a gym, and even then, by the way, I think you should wear a better suited or better fitted uh, sweatshirt. You are showing no respect for the place you work. None whatsoever. And when you represent the people, you are showing no respect for the people. Decades of history that is incredibly important to all of us. It should be being spat upon. Now, Chuck Schumer said, according to Fox News, Senators are able to choose what they wear on the Senate floor. I will continue to wear a suit. Why? Because it's a, sh- it's a sign of respect. It's showing respect. And the, the really screwed up part about this, it's just for the senators, this change. If you are a 24-year-old staff member making thirty-four grand a year, you are still, as a man, Expected to wear a suit and tie. So the people who can least afford those ties and suits are the ones who still have to follow the rules. Visitors, by the way, also have to follow some form. You're not showing up in a tank top. Not allowed to do that. But the senator, he's going to be able to show up looking like this utter slob that he is. Let us be honest, because I tweeted this or X post, whatever we're calling it, yesterday. And I got a few saying, this is what you care about. See, I care about policy. I care about legislation. Well, first of all, don't have to be so condescending. You're not a hero. 
it turns out you can care about those things and care about how someone presents themselves. They are not mutually exclusive. But number two, if we're going to be honest, guy who thinks he's a hero because he doesn't focus on the frivolous things like what he's wearing. Okay. Would you let this guy operate on you? If you've been, just been told you've got a tumor on your brain and it has to be removed and you're going in for the consult before getting it removed, it's urgent, and Dr. Fetterman shows up dressed like that, do you feel comfortable? Be honest. Be totally honest. No, absolutely not. Not in a million years. Would you be comfortable with this guy representing you in a court of law? No. Would you be comfortable with this guy showing up at a younger age to take your daughter to prom? If if your if your daughter's prom date showed up in dressed like him, yeah, yeah, no, not, not in a million that years. Fly. Not in a million years, and yet we're supposed to say, "Oh, well, it's okay." He's a man of the people. No, he's not. People don't all dress like this. Not to work. If you're you're lounging in the backyard on a Saturday, drinking forty beers, go for it. I wear a nicer sweatshirt to do that. If you showed up dressed like him in this building for me, b- b- no joke, what would happen? I think it would be more than fired. You would literally light me on fire. You would not be employed here. You would be sent home. I would send you home if you ever came to office like this. Look, I don't need everyone to dress in a suit and tie 24-7. Don't need that. I don't need anyone to do that. Shorts and an oversized hoodie to the Senate. Sorry, You have no respect for yourself or the people around you. And there's no amount of justification. Eric Swalwell, in between swiping right on Chinese spies on Tinder, tweeted out a photo of Republican Congress members, all of whom had a suit on, with the exception of one, Jim Jordan, who had a tie on, but he didn't have his suit jacket on. And... That was the comeback of, oh, you really care about uh, the dress code? Really? You're going to compare those two? You're going to compare those two? Really? So why why would Chuck Schumer change this dress code? What is the what is the point of all of this? Just to make Fetterman feel more comfortable? Just to ruffle feather? Like, why, to why even do this? placate the lunatics. That's it. He'll never explain why, right? He'll never explain why. Fetterman has been doing this anyway. I don't recall him showing up to the Senate floor, but I've certainly seen him. We've all seen that that photo of him in the the his 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 attire at that press conference for the Senate, surrounded by serious people saying dumb things, mind you, but serious Democrat senators. And then that slop. This this annoys me. I, this is one of those things that just it's like a pet peeve of mine. The way people dress at work, and for the most part. I go overboard, right, at least in this building or, or in a building like this, right, just like your average workplace. I wear a tie every day to work. You will. I have a rule if it's work-related at all, including if I'm around other people at, like, the Mariners game for a work event. You will see me in a tie. I will always have a tie on. 100% of the time, people in this office will never see me without a tie. They'll never see what my legs look like because I'm always wearing pants. They will never see my feet because I'm always wearing shoes. Great kicks all the time, by the way. But that that is just a rule of mine. I think it shows a level of respect. And by the way, it shows that you respect yourself and the work you do, that you take yourself seriously. Do I expect that 
of every workplace? No, I don't. But we all have seen the people who dress like John Fetterman thinking it's okay to show up to the office. What message do you think that sends? Why are we supposed, are we in 2023 now supposed to pretend, are the new rules supposed to pretend none of this matters? You're supposed to judge someone, not by the way they look or are dressed. Because that is racist in some way, I'm sure. We promote clothing positivity around here. It's clothing positivity. It's an equitable environment. And due to systemic racism, you can wear flip-flops and a spaghetti tank top to work or whatever those things are called as a man. And and I'm just... I'll do it. I know you would. That's why if you ever do that. (laughs) I just... I don't don't understand. Is this an... I can't even say it's an age thing because how old is Fetterman? He's in his early 50s maybe? What exactly is this? And please feel free to text at 1-800-465-8770. We got a great text from the 360, but I can't read that one on on the radio without being terminated. Uh, 1-800-465-8770. What is this about? What is it about? Is it charming to some people? Seriously, is it charming to someone sit back and say, well, you know, he's dressed just like you and me. You're not dressed like this, though. You're not a total slob like this. Not in public. In private, you know, we can talk. But in public, you're not dressed like this. What is going on? And and why are folks on the left too scared to say that? All day today, I've only seen criticism from folks on the right. All, all day and yesterday. I haven't seen a single person. I'm hoping that they're out there. But I haven't seen a single person of note Who's complained about this on the left? Have you? Have you seen a senator or a congressman or anyone? No, I haven't seen anything. Have you seen a, a blogger on the on the left who's called this? Like, no one. Why do they think that this is okay? And sorry, the whole response of, well, you know, there are other more important things. No, that's not justification for this. You're right. There are more important things. Would you trust a guy who shows up like that, like John Fetterman, handling one of those, quote unquote, more important things? You don't even dress like that when you're going to Costco. And, you know, it was Brian Kilmeade on his radio show this morning because he was on on um, with Harris right before me. And he, he gave sort of a 30,000-foot approach to this. It's not just about the Senate. And he made it a great point. People now show up to airports looking like total slobs. They're in their pajamas. Those are usually younger people, not older folks. They're usually college-aged, and they're in the, the flannel bottoms, whatever those things are called, the pajama bottoms. Everybody's wearing those now, the with, house pants. With, with what appear to be slippers on, not shoes, but slippers that are fluffy and puffy and whatnot, little fringes everywhere. You don't have a pair of those? No, I don't. Because, again, I have respect for me and for – well, not for you, but for the general public. They're showing up in – Sometimes either just a ratty old T-shirt, the men do. The girls, they're always in sweatshirts that are too big. And they're always, almost always a college probably that their older boyfriend goes to. That's in my head. That's what I've decided this is all about. And their hair is a mess. The guy has the hair. Like, you couldn't even water it down. It's just that you clearly just woke up and they're just like this one patch of hair that's stuck out. And those are almost always like the 17 year old, 18 year old kids. And then it's all the women. They're always the 21 year old who dress like that. Always. Oddly enough, it's younger girls who seem to put in a little bit of effort because they haven't given up on, on getting a boyfriend at that point. 
You always got to dress nice if you're going to the... I'm not going to wear a tie to the airport, but you got to dress nice because you're going to see that one person at the gate that's the same age as you that you think might turn into a love interest because it's going to be some crazy movie-like story. So you always have to dress your best for that situation. I mean, I tuck in when I fly. Tuck in your shirt? My shirt. I don't wear a tie. Oh. When I fly, I'll take off the tie. When, I've but never that's not seen. A business... now, but again, if this was a business trip and I was with a business colleague, I'm in a tie. Those are the rules. We got a text from Mike who said, it's a middle finger to the establishment. I think it's tapped into the Bernie bro crowd mentality. But even Bernie Sanders wears a tie. Even he wears a suit and tie. Unless he's wearing that big puffer jacket. Well, it was cold that day. Well, I was there. It was cold. 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. 1-800-465-8770. When we come back, the latest Costco ripoff that everyone is pretending is amazing, and I'm going to mock it. It's the Jason Rancho. Welcome back to the Jason Rance Show. I feel like we're talking about a lot of stuff that's just going to get me annoyed. Skechers, the shoe brand, they opened in their Gardena, California shop, a Costco-like concession stand. And they say it's Costco-like. I don't necessarily know if that's fair, other than they have a hot dog for $2.50. And I don't think it comes with the drink. But it's been compared to Costco minus the need to have to have a membership in order to shop there. And it's gotten so popular that there are lines consistently around the block for hot dogs, burgers, churros, pizza. Now, what's that stupid chicken, uh, the chicken bake? Chicken chicken bake solid. They don't have that. It's just a hot pocket. My God. It's a fancy hot pocket. Oh, shut up. No, it's not. It's not fancy if you're buying it from Costco. They say over at Fox Business, the design of its simple menu and blue and red palette quickly garnered comparisons to Costco's popular food court. According to KTLA television, the food is, quote, a bit tastier and a touch more expensive than Costco's, but one that doesn't require a membership to eat there. Food items include all beef hot dogs for $2.50, a double smash burger for $5, pepperoni pizza slices for $3, that seems a little hot, and soft serve sundaes for $4. You know, the whole idea of a smash burger, very hard to pull off unless you have a minimum amount of toppings on it. Because the whole idea of a smash burger is to get it thin enough where it gets crunchy. But if you can't feel the crunch and take, like, because the bread is maybe too thick or you've got lettuce and tomato and stuff on it. I'm just throwing that out there. It's not worth it. Stop. Just go ahead and get in a regular, regular burger. Can we talk about the fact that they're serving food at a shoe store? Does that raise concerns for you at all? No. Seems... I mean, they sell shoes at a food store. I, yeah, I guess. If you go to Fred Meyer's, guess... you can get shoes, pants, uh, I don't know, uh, what else? A hammer? Yeah, I guess the, the plus de- groceries. I guess the deli section is like kind of backs up to the the shoe section. I'm just you know, they say according to the San Francisco Gate, the ambitious business plan was quietly launched at a Skechers store at the corner of Vermont Avenue on May 3rd. The food spot became a reality after about 900 square feet of the store itself was renovated to accommodate the commercial kitchen. 
Then came the addition of veteran restaurant and food industry workers and certified management. It's literally called the food spot. I mean, what? It's just, it's just attached to the Skechers, though. So what? Who cares? I, I don't know. I thought maybe the guy who likes to get mad about stuff would maybe get mad about that. No, I'm mad about it because people are excited, and it's not very exciting. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the Costco. And maybe my anger is that I just don't understand what other people are getting joy in. I mean, I also don't like to see other people have joy in their lives, but. I just I don't get the excitement around it. And no one has really been able to tell me why they get excited. I've heard the, well, it's it's a great hot dog. It's a great deal. Yeah, they're great deals in lots of places. You can get great deals at lots of places. Okay. So are you equally as excited at, you know, a, a restaurant that, that makes really high quality food, but for a quarter of the prices of a nice restaurant? What is that restaurant these days? There are lots of those places out there, independent places, like I, little uh, little Woody's. I like that place for burgers, and it's relatively cheap. I'm not excited about it. I'm not jumping for joy. And maybe the other part is because of uh, EastsideWeightLossClinic.com, wonderful sponsor. None of this food is, like, screaming at me anymore. You don't want a Skechers burger? Not really. They don't even look good. I do. I mildly want a churro, but not that much. Because it's not worth the weight loss, the weight gain. Eat another churro, gain seven pounds. I'm going on Hannity, and then my face is all bloated. One eight hundred four six five eight seven seventy for your text messages. You're listening to the Jason Rant Show.